the best time of the day show. Now, everybody, but everybody, no matter how old it is, no matter how knackered it is, loves their first car. Their first car is the best car they're ever, you or I, are ever going to have. Even if you're driving around in Lamborghinis and things like that now, your first car is always the best. It was that teenage freedom thing that you got. And so therefore, at the age of 18, having worked long and hard in pubs and also at the civil service as a clerical assistant, I managed to save up the £400 necessary to buy my... That's a lie. £200 and my parents put in the other 200 because they were thinking that he's never going to get round to it. He'll be 50 by the time he saves it up. Yeah, exactly. Well, the pub kept beckoning. That's where the money went. And so I bought my first car, a Fiat 500. Now, if I'd have kept it, it'd have been worth a lot of money because, of course, it's now a classic. It wasn't then. It was a car that everybody laughed at. And my mates had all got their first cars and they got Beetles and they'd got Ford Escorts and things like that. But no, I had a Fiat 500. I will say this, though. It was the deluxe model. It was the 500L, which meant it had reclining seats. It had a fuel gauge, which the standard model didn't have. And it had overriders on the uh, the bumpers, which like little handles. So therefore, my friends took great pleasure in lifting it up and carrying it around the car park. We were shouting, put it down, put it down, you'll buckle it. And uh, the thing was, this was such a great car, even though it supposedly did naught. This is true, naught to 60 in 83 seconds. And I know, but it, could, it only used two-star petrol. And I could get to and from college three times on... 50 pence worth before it ran out of fuel and uh, the only thing was it, it kept on breaking down because it was rather worn out and uh, i have no mechanical knowledge but not to be put off by this i thought what a good idea it would be to go on a journey a proper journey with this so me and two mates decided to drive to spain in it now me being slightly older by about six months meant that i was the only driver because they weren't yeah i think once you passed your test you had to have at least a year's experience on the road before you could drive on the continent back then so therefore and also the other thing is it was me a bloke who i was at school with and his girlfriend yeah okay the virginal me in a fiat 500 with a couple necking furiously in the back and also the front the, the engine is the back as you know with the fiat 500 in those days and the, the bonnet had the fuel tank and room for luggage which actually was full of tins because my mother was convinced that they didn't have any food whatsoever on the continent so therefore i had to fill the car up with tins of food and on the roof was a roof rack which contained tents two tents obviously because there's the the, the love's young dream in the back seat and there's me, the virginal me uh, who was the uh, <laughs> the driver so off we went and this we, we drove we drove and we drove and we drove the only thing was because it was a two-cylinder engine and the carpet the, the carburetor was actually on the top of the cylinders if you got too hot vapor locks appeared in the petrol so it kept stopping and we didn't realize this for a while because i didn't know this but the hotter the country they change the mix in petrol so therefore it evaporates at a higher temperature so you don't get that but on the way down to spain it was causing us terrible problems and we thought we'd put the tent up every night so we couldn't be bothered after about the second night so he just actually just hid in bushes get off the road into the bushes and carry on the next day and uh, it was very slow progress i must admit uh, and eventually we thought we i don't think we're going to make it at this rate uh, but i tell you what these vapor locks are a terrible problem i tell you what we'll do we'll stop at a garage so mid somewhere in france somewhere in france we stopped at a garage which is the equivalent the french equivalent of a of a railway arch and there was a man there who actually was out of proper he was with hindsight totally out of central casting you know right the way down to the gol sticking out the corner of his mouth 
we explained in my halting French that in fact that this thing was uh, you know was kept stopping and it was something to do with the fuel and no word of a lie with his cigarette glowing he fiddled with it with the carburetor and suddenly took the, the fuel pipe came off and the gush of petrol put his cigarette out which is just as well because love's young dream was still in the back seat snogging so therefore they'd been incinerated straight away but we had a lovely holiday and somehow it was four and a half days to get there and two and a half days to get back but by the time I got back, the car was completely shot to pieces. And so there was very little I could do with it, apart from take it to the garage, where the chap said, Mr. Lester, this is honestly no word of lie. He put his arm round me and said, Mr. Lester, I'm afraid there's nothing more we can do. So he bodged it together again. So the answer was to try and get rid of it as quickly as possible. So put an ad in the paper, as you did back then. And this nice young lady turned up and said... This is just what I need. And it had a cassette player in there, which I'd bought. One of these ones which had a, a curious Japanese name, which wasn't a Japanese brand you'd ever heard of. I think it was like a Show or something like that. And so and if you didn't really tighten up the cassette very well, it would just... Uh, you'd be playing a Steely Dan tape or whatever, and there's a little as it wound it into the... Uh, yeah, there was... It, I have still got the tapes, actually. They're still all ruined from those. They're all stretched all over the place. However, I digress. She saw this and went, oh, it's got a cassette player. And so therefore was completely smitten by this. And she handed over 200 quid and disappeared down the road. And the best thing about it, she said, I wanted something reliable to get me to and from gigs because I'm a magician's assistant. So the best thing is she disappeared, presumably never to be seen again. The best time of the day show is back tomorrow. La-di-da.